Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of Reboot Already Underway. I am one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today, as always, by Aaron Hahn. Hello. And David Becker. Sup, guys? I'm David. 4GLTE Lit. It's the worst impression I've ever heard. <laughs> I was going to do a voice, but I'm like, I don't know. I have, like, headphones in, and I can't hear my voice that well. Um, guys, David Plus, your impressions are awful. So. Yeah, that's true. All of them. Every single <laughs> one of them. Uh, guys, David I mean, actually... I, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a fan of your walking, but, you know. Guys. Only, only in, like, an ironic, this is so <laughs> terrible, I love it kind of way. I'm David for GLTE Lit. <laughs> Guys, David's actually not with us this week. He was feeling pretty sick, so he's taking the night off. But he will, of course, be with us again next week. Um, so yeah, send him send him little tweets. Send him little tweets of love. Be like, "Hey man, hope hope you feel better." But also, don't do that. Well, yeah, do that, but just don't make it creepy, like I said. All right, guys, Aaron. Yes. Do you see this boss baby? You see this boss baby? <laughs> The, the, the number one movie in America. Number one movie in America. See, this is the thing. I wanted Beauty and the Beast to fall. You know, that's just that's just. But me. be careful what you wish for. Exactly, it's one of those moments. It's like not like this, not like this. <laughs> but <laughs> guys, we got a great fo- show for you this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about following as a part of our Netflix book club. Uh, we're going to be talking about Smurfs, The Lost Village, during the upcoming movie section. Of course we are. But first, guys, there's this question that's been on my mind recently. I've wanted to get this as one of the topics for a while, but, uh, you know, other things got in the way, other ideas that seemed more pertinent. But I've been wondering, who are the most unintentionally unlikable main characters in film? Welcome to the Sorry, Miss Ritter won't happen again, I promise. Don't make promises you can't keep, Mr. Parker. Yeah, but those are the best kind. And I think I've got some good ones for you. So, just want to go back and forth with ones? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't I, like Well, them. let's just go with like a conversation. Yeah, let's go that way. Thing. Um, now, the reason I thought about this was because um, Caroline was watching a movie the other night. And she, she's like, this movie's really bad. And I'm like, are you sure it's not the second one? She's like, no, the, this one's really bad. And that was Pitch Perfect. Oh, okay. So in this discussion, because like, I, I don't remember Pitch Perfect like super fondly. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those movies that it's like, it's fun enough. There are good moments. The music's good. And yeah. Becca is just the most unlikable character in that movie. You know, I this should have been one that sprung to my mind immediately because I wholeheartedly agree with placing this on the list. Yeah, on this list. Um, she's horrible. And I now don't get me wrong. This is not least likable actors or actresses. Everyone knows I love Anna Kendrick. I love her work. <laughs> um, so I'm not trying to be like mean spirited about this. Um, it's just that that character is absolutely horrible. She's arrogant. She's a know-it-all, but like never like gets comeuppance for it. I suppose it's not like the movie's like she's wrong to be this way. You know, it's just like she kind of has a bit of a learning moment in the film, but not really. And then when you watch the second one, which by far way worse of a film, 
she's a completely different character. She's likable in that movie. Sure, she still has, like, some of her, her quirks. Um, but overall, she's, like, a personable human being. <laughs> Where in this movie, she's just malicious to everyone she meets. And she thinks she's sitting on this ivory tower, like, above everyone else. <laughs> it's It really is just, like, oh, no, bad writing, guys. <laughs> bad. Was it... I feel like it might have been the honest trailer for her or something or whatever when they were like calling out where she's like, Becca complains to her dad about having to go to college for free and have him pay for everything. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, and then and then on on the other side of the coin, CinemaSins did the thing where they talked about uh, how her Darth Vader line, how like Vader means father in German, and they're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, why is this in the screenplay? Like, that's, you wouldn't know that just from that name. There's no way. Um, yeah. So, that's the one that made me think about this, and it's like, it's, it hurts, because I remembered liking that character because I like Anna Kendrick so much, and because she's somewhat likable in the second one, but... Is she? Is she? I feel like all of them are pretty annoying in the second one. They're all annoying, but they have, like, moments, right? Like... Do they? The only... Do the they? Only completely irredeemable <laughs> characters in this first and second movie are, like, the, uh, the announcers or whatever. The, like, the, the casters or whatever you'd call them. Where they're just... Right. The one guy's just extremely racist for no reason, and the other character just... Uh, all right. But, yeah. Pitch Perfect 2. Not a good movie. Um, no. Especially because it's the first movie again, but worse. And remember that they it's go... It's Perfect 3. You ready? DJ you ready Khaled, man. He's in there. He's, he's meaning <laughs> it heard up. <laughs> I just... I cannot believe that movie's going to be made. And it's coming out against Star Wars. So, someone has some <laughs> confidence. Um, but yeah, no. Pitch Perfect. I'd still file it as like a... Give it a watch. It's worth a few laughs if you can get over Becca's horrible character. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as enamored with it as a lot of people are. But right, it's it's like when it I came out, it. man. It was bam, like everyone was seeing it. Everyone thought it was the funniest thing. Um, I didn't see it till much later, but even then, I'm like, same. Yes, come on. I don't think I saw it until after the sequel came out. Oh yeah, okay. I thought you meant after you saw the sequel. I'm like, so is the no, first no. one just the repeat of the second one to you then? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but like when they were showing it on TV all the time in preparation for the right, sequel right. was probably when I first watched it. So what about you, Aaron? So what, I got I got one for you because you like, one for me. When, you, when you were introducing this one and you were like, are you sure it's not it's not the second one? Are you sure it's the first one? You, my mind sprung to a certain Star other franchise. Wars? What? Is it Star Wars? It is not Star Wars. Oh, it man. is the amazing Spider-Man films. <sighs> okay. Yeah, we have to do this, Lizzie, because Peter Parker is such a creep in that second movie. Like, you can't he, hear... You can't defend <laughs> it's it. It's indefensible. creepy. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, he just straight up stalks his ex-girlfriend. There's yeah. no getting around it. Like, yeah. what were they thinking? <laughs> That one, yeah. Yeah, that one's bad. That's, yeah. See, here's the thing. I defend Amazing Spider-Man 2 because I know it bothers you. <laughs> That's just, like, one of those things that we have where we just attack movies that it, the other one likes. But um, 
No, I mean, like, obviously, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is not good. <laughs> but, there but, are, even, like... but even the first one, mm-hmm. he has problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that whole, the whole, like, chocolate milk scene where he goes to get the chocolate milk and he's like, oh, I'm, like, three pennies short, but I really want this chocolate milk, so let me argue with this convenience store clerk and just be like, can I get, can I get, take a penny and give you three pennies from the take a penny jar? It, it doesn't work. It's they were so... to make him, like, punk, right? Like, that was what? kind of their thing. They were trying to make him, like, punk, like, hey, man... But I'm, then why was he buying chocolate milk? Dude, little known fact, man. Punks love chocolate milk. You go to oh. any like punk concert, you go to you go to see like uh not Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> That's the show. <laughs> oh god. Whatever. Uh Sex Pistols. They have a song called Anarchy in the UK. You go see Sex Pistols, oh man. Chocolate milk Everyone's everywhere. Chocolate milk. It's oh, they okay. call it the chocolate pit the chocolate milk <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> they call it the chocolate milk uh you know what? <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> the joke's gone. Wow. I can't get wait it. A, wait up. Wait up. Chocolate milk mosh. Right I kept wanting to say really, chocolate really milk the punch posh. Line. Yeah, I don't know. It was bad. Um, yeah, no. They just love chocolate milk. Yeah, that character... I mean... But then he has good moments, right? Does he? Like when he's swinging around with a skateboard. Again, he's a punk. He's swinging around with a skateboard, learning about his like powers and stuff. And it's like, oh, man... Like, but that doesn't exactly make him likable. Yeah, it's like that. I would be like that. That would be me if I was if I had superpowers. Well, now you're assuming that you're likable. So <sighs> I don't, I, you know, that's a very good point. I think we have <laughs> 46 episodes like broadcasted to the internet, proving that I'm not likable. <laughs> so it's yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe I'm just misassuming. Misassuming. Misassuming? Is that a word? Yeah. We'll make we'll it one. It. Now, Aaron. <clears throat> yes. I have uh, an unlikable lead that I think you and I can both uh, agree on. Um, another superhero film. It's uh, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic mm. Four. Uh, now, <sighs> put it out of your mind that wait, it's Miles Wait, which Teller. one? The, oh, the, the recent one? Yeah, the recent one, 2015. Okay. Put it out of your mind that it's that it's Miles Teller. All right, we we've gone on record on this podcast saying he has the most punchable face in Hollywood, but that's not good, good a actor. Slight, great actor, face. fantastic actor, punchable face. Not even anything about who he is as a person. Just like that's his face, you know. Like we love him, but like also we want to punch his face. Yeah, <laughs> we're obviously <laughs> very much kidding, everyone. <laughs> Please don't. Um, no, but uh, Reed Richards, man, is just so bad in this movie. He, number one, I'm a scientist. He, Let me go explore this world unlike un, supervised. Oh, yeah, that's smart. You're an idiot. Even though it directly contradicts the character motivation he gave yeah. in the scene before. Yeah. And then... He's like, I don't want to be famous. I just want to make a difference. Next yeah. scene... I he gotta go drunk. on this, you know, yeah. un, uh, unobserved mission to the alien planet because I want to be famous. And now, uh, okay. included, also kind of sexist, right? 
like we're go uh, this is a boys trip this is the boys trip into the into the into the negative realm or whatever the heck they called it that's where we're going you can stay behind and make our costumes Sue storm what <laughs> like, no and now is that the movie just being sexist yes but yes, i'm gonna pin also. it on mr fantastic <laughs> um and then just other things like when he gets out he escapes from the like the facility just abandons his friends like yeah. what were you doing and then he does that like that face where like he shifts his face into like different people it's like dude you, you just are essentially running away from your friends and no you don't want to save them no all right good to know and then like you don't feel bad when uh, the thing comes in and starts beating down on him because it's like no you deserve this you're horrible also Miles Teller. But the thing is also horrible. Because they're like, hey, let's take this lovable character from the comics and make him, like, this tool of the military that has a death count in, like, the 50s. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's that's solid direction. Aaron, you just I just think you're not understanding grittiness. Gritty movies. I think you just don't understand. Like, that's... How else would they fit it into X-Men, Aaron? The most gritty of all movies. Do you see Apocalypse? Making costumes completely for realistic his, for his little yeah. boy band thing. His boy band, yes, yes. <sighs> also, you can't forget Mister Fantastic beginning the film by entering a grade school science fair with his teleportation machine. Yeah, like, what, what's yeah. up with that? Like, you need validation that badly? Dude's you got compete sort of against tool, these little right? children, the volcanoes. Yeah. And, and I still don't understand that scene. Like, they're at a scene. grade school science fair, right? Like, they couldn't... Like, it's because they realize there's no other way to make that look right. Right? Like, where else is he going to take this that's, like, a science fair? They don't have, like, adult like science Like, actual... Fairs. Like, presented to actual scientists. Yeah, like, he's supposed they, to be a genius. But, Aaron, they loved the scene where... What? Does something shatter... The, the backboard. Yeah, they the, love the scene where the backboard shatters. They're like, we need this. We can't have him just present to actual scientists in a gym. We it was probably the this. most action of that entire movie. I agree. Was that backboard shattering. Also stolen from Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, number one, he is completely unlikable. But number two, it's been a long time since we've gotten any digs on Fantastic Four. So, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to bring it back. That's it's Never really our bread and butter. It no, it really you really can't. Now, I was just thinking about the other day how when we saw that movie, we were just up all night laughing about how stupid the movie was. Like we couldn't fall asleep because we just remembered one more thing that was stupid. Like this is this movie, guys. Don't see it. But also see it. But also, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> So, you got another one? You got another one? Well, I mean, this thing is kind of getting dominated by superheroes. It is. But my second pick was going to be Superman from the DC Extended Universe. I don't agree with this one, but all right. Do you not? No. His whole, like, oh, saving people is too much work. I don't want to do it anymore. I never got that impression from him. I don't know where people are getting That is explicitly what he states. (laughs) In battery super. What, when does he say it, Aaron? When does he say it? I don't know the exact moment, even though I've seen this film and like now four here's times. The thing, Aaron. Do you think that if you're this almighty god creature and people look to you all the time, you don't think you're just gonna be like Well, I was gonna do like I was gonna do a raid in Destiny tonight, but I guess I'll save you. Like, yeah, 
saving people is an inconvenience. I'm going to say that no matter what. Even if you are a Superman, yes, I understand you're supposed to be this American moral fiber. And are you going to save those people? Of course you're going to go save those people. You're never going to choose destiny over those people. But don't every once in a while you think Superman's just like... One bad day. Like, you know, it's just losing it, man. And you got to put it in that perspective. Like, if you're, like, you're expected to do all this stuff, and if you don't do it, people will hate you. Like, yeah, one day you're just going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore, man. Like, I think people are way too hard on Superman. I think Superman should retire. You know what? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. You make a good, you make a good argument here. I think, I think I'm switching my opinion right here. Thank you. He's thank you. True, true hero right there. Hey man, Just, you know, it's not that he's not heroic. He always does it. He always saves them. Does, but well, does, well. Oh, do not even bring up the courthouse scene, man. He had no idea. There was no way for him to know. <laughs> and, well, well, but bring up your points. What? Bring up your points? No, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm totally on your side right now. I mean, that's that's the hero that we need right now <laughs> is one who just doesn't care about people. You know? No, no, I'm not saying he doesn't care. I'm just saying he would rather be anywhere but there. <laughs> like you know, like... yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, the court scene thing, man, like, you know, like, it's one of those things where, like, he's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to save people. Oh, it's like, it, take, it takes a lot of my time. But then, when that courthouse scene happens and all those people are dead around him, he's like, oh, mm -hmm. dude. And you see that tear go down his eye and you're like, I need to save people again. Like, you know what? This is my job. That's that moment where, like, this is his redemption, you know? He realizes maybe there are more things to life than catching up on legion he's a big legion fan i don't know if you knew that oh is he yeah he's oh, very I, did, big, I did not know that. very into legion uh but he's dead now so. <laughs> at least till november he's dead all right you know so. can we just like not bring superman back like it just, feels empty just... it feels empty without him i'm not gonna lie well they should have brought in green lantern then you to know. be honest it feels empty even if he were there uh because it looks like a horrible movie. <laughs> because he's heartless. And no, oh. Did you, like, people are, like, speculating that, like, he's going to come back, but he's going to be, like, a villain working for Darkseid or whatever. And I'm like, wasn't he already a villain? Yeah. I mean, is there going to be a distinction if we make an evil Superman in this universe? Oh. Are people going to be able to tell the difference? Oh, come on. I thought you meant, like, wasn't he already the villain and that it was Batman versus Superman? <laughs> He's not the villain. There's nothing wrong with just being like, I just want to take a day off. There <laughs> is a lot wrong with him not caring about people. It directly contradicts the entire character. How do you explain when he breaks Zod's neck, man? He didn't need to at that moment. He, the he people could have totally run around people. the stairwell. But like, that scene bugs me every it's time. Like they, they were so dumb. That they he's like, this backed is my into only... the corner when they had a clear path to escape. They were so dumb. Superman's like, I shouldn't save these people, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> like, break Sod's neck. Yeah. No, but I, I, obviously I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, he is sort of like a, a bit of a prick in that movie, but yeah. 
also straight up murders people, which is like, eh. eh. Batman too. Got a, got a great set of heroes, yeah. Yes. Batman's jaded at this point in his career, all right, man? I don't know why I'm still making excuses for DC. I've come to the... Yeah, end. except now in Justice League, he's going to be like, oh, I suddenly don't believe in killing people anymore, oh, just for, for no reason. I think they're reason, doubling but... down. I think they're going to double down on it. They say that he's going to be more heroic in this version, but at the same time, they added, like, 50 bajillion more guns to the Batmobile. They're just like, that's what... That's what Batman needs. He needs I just, more guns. I don't... I know this has devolved into us talking about the DCEU again, because that seems to be where all of our conversations get headed towards, but I just, like, I really don't know why I'm still making excuses for these people. Like, Man of Steel, liked it. Batman v Superman, liked it. It's bad. Suicide Squad, liked it at the time, hate it now. And now it's like, I'm... See Justice League trailer... The first one, I'm like, okay, could be good. See the second one, oh my god, no, horrible. <laughs> and now, I'm like, Wonder Woman could be okay? And I'm still over here, like, trying to defend their horrible movies. So I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Until Wonder Woman comes out, and then you're going to be like, this Wonder is Woman the best movie ever. I don't think it'll be bad, and I think it'll be at, le- at the very least okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Aaron, I got another one for you. Uh, I think let's just at least do like one more each and then we'll cut it. But this is, this is a difficult one because I'm going to settle on the one we can both dig into, but I wanted to also mention Sarah from the forest, uh, completely unlikable, stupid. You want her to die because it's like, oh, we can't go off the path, goes off the path instantly. Well, die. (laughs) You deserve it at that point. And then, uh, everyone in hot tub time machine too. Um, literally everyone's unlikable, uh, but I wanted to settle on Cade Yeager from Transformers 4. Um, horrible parent, um, never really becomes a good parent by the end, so he does it's not like they were, like, meant for him to be horrible at the beginning, and then, like, oh, he turns over a new leaf. No, that, like, I think that's just how they think parents are. Like, oh, yeah, you're not an adult. Like, you cannot take care of your daughter. Your daughter's like, I do all the bills and stuff. And you're just like, yeah, but I invent things. I'm an inventor. I found a transformer. He's in the, he's in the garage. He's in there. I think I found a transformer. <laughs> you got some new impressions for you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's your Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Also... It's like, is he the most unlikable person in this movie? No. The girl's boyfriend's probably the most unlikable. The fact that he carries that card around, like, <laughs> that automatically makes your character unlikable. It's like, you know you're doing something wrong, then. That's like, oh yeah, don't worry, I've got this. Like, you know you're doing something wrong. It's like if you look one way, it's like if you're doing something. If you look right, then left, then right again, you're doing something wrong. You know you're doing something wrong. But it's just like, and then Mark Wahlberg just, he's just bad. He's just bad. And it's not Mark Wahlberg. Let me get that straight. Cade Yeager. I like Mark Wahlberg fine. But he just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. 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 He gets that I think alien he'll be gun. back. Huh? 
I, I can't wait for the explanation in the new one about right. like why he's here, but his daughter is not. Yeah. Just like I know it's gonna be, you know, <laughs> make him more unlikable. What if? <laughs> probably. What if it's that her boyfriend was actually like a psychopath and murdered her? <laughs> and like, oh no, he was right to worry. <laughs> oh, God. In his wallet, he has that kid's like uh, that card, and he's like. He remembers his daughter by that all the time, the Romeo and Juliet law or whatever. And he's like, I'll never let this happen again. <laughs> I don't know. That got dark. Aaron, what, what, you got another one for us? I did not. I only came prepared with two. Oh. It wasn't... All right. Well, that's uh, the most unlikable, the, the most unintentionally unlikable people in movies. Of course, if we were talking about the, just the most unlikable, but intentionally... Probably got Mark Wahlberg on there. Not Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, Mark, right? Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg yes. from Social Network. Yeah. Also Mark Wahlberg. Just you Yeah. Know. Just when he was in, in Entourage. In general. In Entourage. <laughs> just, no. We love you, Mark Wahlberg. Just make good do movies, we? man. I, do I like we? Mark Wahlberg. I do. do, do I think we? he's a good guy. I think he just is really he? likes making money. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Is he? He's just. Is he? He's an inventor, man. And you know he's had a. He's and he had found a, a transformer. He found a. I think he found he a transformer. Found transformer. <laughs> he thinks he found a transformer. It's not quite. Oh sure. yeah. Oh, he that's right. I think I found a transformer. Thank you. I almost got my. And then he's in the happening. Hey. I hope, I hope everything's okay, plant. We're just passing through. Hope we don't. Or like when he's teaching through like the science class through here. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, if there's one thing I think we can, uh, everyone on the podcast, everyone listening to the podcast, can agree on, it's that Mark Wahlberg, greatest actor of our time, really just solely due to the happening. Yeah. Guys, let's move on to the upcoming movies of the week. Ow! What was that? What was that? A helicopter. With the with like the pilot and everything. Interesting week. <laughs> um, uh, is it? Um, there are two movies. Is it? Two movies that is I really want to see. Um, two that I will avoid like the plague. Uh, but Aaron, let's start out talking about Smurfs: The Lost Village. Well, I guess it's better than another live-action one. You know, like it, yeah. I think at the very least we can say that. But like. Where is, where is uh, Neil Patrick Harris? Like, where is his money coming from now? If he's, if not these Smurfs movies, you know, he's, yeah, all his show's done. He doesn't have anything else going. It's just like he has a series of unfortunate events. But oh, shoot, I always forget he's on that. Yeah, never mind. Never yep. mind. He's got money. <laughs> we don't need those movies. Uh, yeah. So I've seen the trailer once for this. Um, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, many, I don't know why I've seen this so much. Have I seen that many kids movies? Aaron, I think oh, I don't know, man. That seems. Uh, I mean, I saw it when I went to go see Moana. So. I think I saw it in front of Moana and Lego Batman. Uh, I think I saw it multiple times in front of Lego Batman because it's one of those things like before the trailers start playing, uh, they would yeah, play certain trailers. Got a bit of B B roll. Yeah. Um, so, like, the cast is Mandy Patinkin, Demi Lovato, 
Rain Wilson, uh, Jack McBrayer, Danny Pudi, and Joe Managenolino. I don't know him. <laughs> He's, uh... Oh, I forget. Yeah, he, he's... He's the guy who was going to play Deathstroke in the Batman movie before. Oh! They're getting okay. a rewrite. Okay, okay. He's also in Magic Mike. Oh, he was Flash Thompson. All right. And Spider-Man. Yes, that was gives a long time a, ago. Gives me a little something to go off of. Um, of course, in Magic Mike XXL, he was Big Dick Richie, so... <laughs> Are we allowed to say that on, I, the, on, the, on the podcast? It's a character name. It, his first name's Dick, Aaron. Oh, okay. Come on. Come on. <laughs> like the Lego Batman. Yeah. The other, for the other orphans, call me Dick. But yeah, well, kids can be cruel. Kids can be cruel. That's such a good joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, like a good cast sends Demi Lovato. Like, I mean, I don't know. She could be good, but like... Has she ever been in any... Oh, Camp Rock. How could I forget Camp Rock, Aaron? Oh, I... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I... I just got around to seeing High School Musical, you so, gotta, you know, you I haven't gotten that. to that Camp Rock <laughs> yet, you know. Uh, yeah, so, like... Rain Wilson plays Gargamel. Like, uh, all right. I don't have much to say about this. I don't know anything about the Smurfs. I've not seen any of their movies, never watched the shows. They, they, they're very much like Casper the Ghost. And what was the other one that I brought up? Oh, Garfield. Like, they're just nothings. Like, how do these things get popular? They're literally blue things, white clothes, and one defining feature. Woohoo! <laughs> like, we're really getting deep now, guys. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Not feeling it, Aaron. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess I don't understand why Sony is so desperate to make the Smurfs still relevant. Like, well, did they make money? I feel like they did. The first, the the li- recent live action ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's at a twenty six percent right now, Aaron. So. Right. The end of the Smurfs. Uh, how about going in style, Aaron? I have one question. Why do these okay. kinds of movies exist? Like, there's o- like one a year, like old people doing something old people don't normally do kind of movie. Like because it, that's the demographic. These older viewers. I guess. I like. I. But why? <laughs> but why though? Lacey, just just wait, and like in like sixty years. You're going to be going to see all of these, you know? You're just going to be like, those, those are going to be your most anticipated movies of the year. You're going to be like, probably. I don't want to watch any of these, you know, dang superhero movies dang. that the kids are oh, into nowadays. The superhero movies their... will have crashed long before that. <laughs> They'll be dead and gone by the time I'm 60. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be like, oh, these horror movies, this new horror technology, it's too much for me. I can't, can't do it. <laughs> time to go watch Going in Style, the remake. <laughs> with James Franco. Is it a remake? Rog- no, no, no. When I'm 60, there'll be remakes. Oh, <laughs> they're gonna remake Seth it. Seth Rogen, James Franco, and uh, let's do Joseph Gordon-Levitt, too. So, <laughs> it'll be... Actually, I would go see that. <laughs> now that you're saying... Now that I'm saying that. Um, see? See? Yeah, so, like, uh, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, Alan Arkin, uh, Zach Braff, I guess. <laughs> 
Uh, Matt Zach Dillon. Absolutely. Christopher Lloyd. Interesting. And Joey King. So she's still getting work. That's nice. Um, yeah, I've seen this trailer a couple times. Not, not a big fan. I'm like, nah, no, no. You know, I've seen Wild Hogs. I don't really need to see this. I'm assuming they're the same movie. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Just like Chuck and Dexter are the same show. <laughs> but that's the truth. Like, that's just, yeah. They're, they're both about old guys. Old, so. They're both about old guys, yes. With red hair, and they do stuff that people with... No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> you got anything else to say about going in style, Aaron? Uh, not really. It doesn't really interest me. But no. again, I'm not part of that demographic no, me yet. Yet. One day. One day we'll be doing this podcast at 70 years old and we'll be like, hey man, you see that going in style reboot? Man, it's, it's pretty good. Um, how about Gifted, Aaron? <clears throat> A movie I'm interested in seeing. Um, now, I am not familiar with this one. Okay, so this is Chris Evans um, and the little girl's name is McKenna Grace. Also got Octavia Spencer and Jenny Slate. Now, looking now, it doesn't have the greatest reviews, but when I saw this trailer, I was looking at it, I'm like, I think I'd like this movie. It's very much uh, indie, like, this girl is, like, very talented in math. Um, goodness, I forget what the central conflict is. Um, Frank's plans for a normal life, or normal... I don't know how to read tonight, man. Uh, <laughs> Frank's plans for a normal school life for Mary are foiled when the seven-year-old's mathematical abilities come to the attention of Frank's formidable mother, Evelyn, whose plans for her granddaughter threaten to separate Frank and Mary. Octavia Spencer plays Roberta, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. So it's essentially she wants her to not have a normal kid life because she's so smart, like she can do other stuff. She should go to like college and stuff because she's so good at math. I was like, no, this kid needs to have a normal kid life. And I'm like, something about that trailer really touched me, man. I'm like, Chris Evans, he's just believable. Like, no matter what, I don't think you could make Chris Evans unlikable in a movie to tie us back to the past one. No, on push, <laughs> they tried. Oh, they certainly tried and push. What about Scott Pilgrim? But he's still likable. Like, he's bad, but it's like, yeah, he's so, he's just, he's likable. He's like, oh, yeah, man. I bet you can't grind down that. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't even remember the quote, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, but he's just a likable guy. And, you know, I'll probably see this movie. Doubt it'll be coming anywhere near me. So I'll have to wait till, you know, VOD, iTunes. What about you, man? You excited to see this one? You gotta- I... Still not very interested. Well, maybe you'll be interested in the next one, Aaron. A movie that you actually introduced me to, Colossal, with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. I am excited for this one. I'm pretty psyched. (laughs) Oh, wait, I also wanted to mention uh, another reason I'm somewhat interested in Gifted. This might be the thing that makes you not want to see it, is that it's directed by Mark Webb. So, Is it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, so he's good at these kinds of movies. Maybe Super No, but, but I mean, I, I may hate, you know, the 
I, I guess I hate the majority of his filmography, but right. But like Five Hundred Days of Summer, great. But Five Hundred Days of Summer, really good. And his work on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, fantastic. So like he's a he's good. Yeah. So he's redeemed himself yeah. from the Amazing Spider-Man films. And let's be honest, those weren't his movies. Not at all. That he was like the puppet that they brought in to be like, oh, now dance, <laughs> dance. Puppet. They're like his last name's Webb, so let's just get that guy. <laughs> That's exactly. That is exactly what happened. That was the entire thought process. That's undisputable. Um, that's how. That's how Sony makes all their business decisions. Yeah. Don't add us. That's. Um, that's why they're in such poor shape. Yeah. Uh, but Colossal is a movie with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. I feel like I've said that. Um, you but, have. Yeah. So it's like essentially, this girl figures out that she's like the monster in another city, right? Something like that. She has like a connection to a yeah. kaiju that's invading Seoul or something. Right. And so like I don't want to know more. I don't need to know more. I know that I will be seeing this movie because number I one. I mean, I'm almost upset that I've seen any footage from this at all. You know, like yeah. I was sold just based on the concept and the cast, but yeah. then I couldn't avoid the trailers because I mean, it like played in front of something. Even the trailer that I saw, I'm like, this didn't like give anything away. This is like, no, perfect. It's like this is all you need to do. Get me in, introduce me to the character a little bit, just set the mood, and I'm like, perfect. And uh, yeah, so this will be one that I hopefully see. Doubt it will be coming anywhere near here. Maybe, hopefully, but who knows? Yeah, I feel like it's a very limited release. Yeah, so. Hopefully either they'll... See, this is the thing. I hate and love at the same time this day and date digital on iTunes. I love it because I get to see these movies, but I also hate it because it's like, I'd much rather see this in the theater, right? Like... But I mean, it's like this or no other option. Exactly, that's the thing, that's the thing. But... I don't want it to, like, set this precedent that everyone's like, we should just put all of our movies day and date. It's like, no, no. no I mean, no. that's the big debate right now in the film industry, though. Is I don't want it. I don't want it. How, how soon, how do, how do they, you know, approach the growing on-demand market and the decreased interest in theater going? <sighs> yeah. And, yes, I'm certainly a proponent. Of, I mean always going to see it in the theaters if that's an option. Yeah. I just, uh... Yeah, I'm not, uh... I don't want it, Aaron. I'll, I'll just be frank with you. Can I be you frank can't, with you? You can't stop the future, Lacey. No, you can't. You can't stop the but future. But you can certainly... You can certainly you're going to be, gonna be the, the old man just... who is, like, going to the theaters to see... Yeah. They're going in. They're going in style reboot while well, yeah. all the other the going kids are. in style and colossal came come out comes out the same day in this year and when it re, they both reboot on the same day. It's crazy. They're both gonna reboot. It's, on the uh, same. it's like did someone someone know what was happening? But like the thing is, and now we've kind of just descended into like digital versus uh, theater. But like, there's always going to be like a like, a luxury kind of, like, go and see it in the theater experience. Like, I don't think that's ever going to go away completely, but it will be, like, relegated to, like, big cities and, uh, you know, bigger neighborhoods. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's sad, but also it'll always be there, I think, hopefully. 
at least until I'm gone. Um, then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, guys, Aaron, you got anything to say about uh, about Colossal? I keep saying guys because I'm not. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Like you said, you know. Too. It'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. I don't know, man. I'm in a weird headspace, so let's just move right on. <laughs> it's it's just it's weird, right? Like the dynamic without David. It doesn't feel it like is it. a it bit feels weird. Like something's missing. Um, we miss you, David. Come, come home, <laughs> guys. Let's move on, guy. Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron. What do you say we move on to the what we've been watching this lately? This. Do you want to host today, Aaron? Because <laughs> obviously I can't do it. Aaron, what do you say we move yes. on to the what have we what been watching segment we this move week? On? I had no emotional attachment to Beyonce and was not sad for myself, but the injustice of what had happened troubled me. My only friend in the world! Everyone is excited to have your parents come and share your life here at Bramford with them. What do you say we move on? Yeah. What do you say, Aaron? We move on. I, I say yay. Yay. All right, guys. This week, where do we want to start, Aaron? Do we want to start with the movie we've both seen? Yeah, sure. We talked about it last week, guys. We've both seen it. Guys, the Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, Osgood Perkins' first film, second one to be released. <laughs> <laughs> the better of the two, I'd say. Agreed, um, agreed. Dude. It is interesting because it almost feels like I Am the Pretty Thing was his directorial debut, like establishing the style, and then this is the one that yeah. kind of took that and ran with it. But it's interesting that it was actually the reverse of that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, the thing with I Am the Pretty Thing that lives in the house is that no matter what you do, you can't separate it from the idea that it's a Netflix movie. So there's always going to be those moments where it's like, well, is it hindered because it's for Netflix? Was there not enough, like, put into it? Did, you know, there's something weird about it. But I, I don't think that's to say that the movie's bad. I just think it's like there's the stigma to Netflix movies still. Is there? I think there is. And maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me being stupid. But I think there but, are... Well, I mean, I feel like this, this wasn't one they made themselves, right? This is one they just picked up the distribution rights for. I think they made it. I'm the pretty thing? I think they made it. Did they? I think they gave him the money for it, yes. Oh, well, then, I, don't I know. could be wrong. Guys, write in the comments if we're wrong. I know you're all big fans of Foskett <laughs> Perkins and his filmography. This is the thing, Aaron. I feel like you and I are, like, some of the only people out there who are, like, beating down the doors. Like, Osgood Perkins. Let me tell you the I good know. News. I went to, like, uh, IMDb to add this film because I have an ongoing list of every film I've ever seen. So yeah. I had to add this to that list. And it had, like, a 5.5 or whatever. And yeah. I was like, should have seen that coming, but. So, yeah. And then, I mean, I'm not gonna, we're not going to get into spoilers here. I think you should definitely see this film uh but i went on reddit just to like look at people who are discussing like the film and like the themes and stuff and i'm like well i want to see what other people think of it i'm surprised at how few people understood what this movie was or what it was trying to do or what the whole story was they're like wait who's the girl in the car then who's the girl who's emma roberts 
Well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, could he have made it any clearer who she was? Like, I just don't. Do you want it just handed to you on a platter? Like, here you go. Like, I just. Some people, Aaron. I want them to stop the movie and pull out a card that has, like, the Romeo and Juliet law on it. That's, yeah. that's what I want for my films. That's dead. <laughs> let's, let's pause the entire thing. Pull out your wallet. <laughs> Give us a detail about consent in Texas. Five minutes, yeah. That's... But yeah, no, this movie, man, I watched it, and I'm like, throughout it, I'm like, this feels a lot like when I watched The Witch. Like, I'm having the same feelings, the same feelings of dread, the same feelings of, like, every little thing that, like, cracks or creaks I'm jumping at, and it's that slow build-up, it's that slow... It's that big payoff at the end, too. And that's the thing that I think I'm the Pretty Thing lacks, is that there is a payoff. It's just not, you know, spoilers for I'm the Pretty Thing. It's on Netflix. You had your chance, and it's going to be, like, the next 15 seconds, so just hit the 15-second button. But when she, like, sees the ghost and has, like, a heart attack, it's like, that's, like, a good moment, but also that's, like, 30 seconds of your two-hour-long film that's, like, well, that was the great part of the film that you were all building to. I think it works, but there's not enough there. And that's when I was watching this movie. I'm like, there, there better be more than just, like, one little thing. And, oh, my God, there are so many things in this movie, Aaron. <laughs> there are so many things. But still feels like his style. Still feels like the slow burn kind of movie mm-hmm. that... I, I've come to love, um, so I loved that a, a lot about it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just the atmosphere in this film is incredible. It's yeah. so, like, intoxicating, I think is how I described it in, like, uh, I Am the Pretty Thing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the same here, you know? You're just, like, drawn into this world and everything. And just, that's, I mean, that's his talent as a director, is being able to draw you into, like, these very atmospheric world like every frame so carefully mm-hmm. placed together and i was i was really noticing like the the color scheme in this film as well like all those yeah. muted colors like the very the very earthly tones well the color scheme with all the browns that, and the tans and your blacks and yeah and that he shoots in like almost entirely in shadows like he uses shadows mm-hmm. so often to the point where I was like, is something wrong with, like, my computer screen? Like, do I need to, like, shift the, <laughs> like, brightness or whatever? <laughs> but, uh, but, like, once I realized that that's just how it was supposed to look, I'm like, okay, I get it. Now, like, let's watch. And there is just, it's beautiful in its own way. I think there's mm-hmm. just so much, like, anything that's outside, I don't know where they filmed this, probably somewhere in Canada, just the beautiful, like, countryside covered in snow um just the hallways that feel completely dead because the lights are all like shut off except for one on the very end and just Mm -hmm. everything man i just this film blew me away like i was expecting to like it and also kind of like the use of like reflection also that especially that one moment i don't want to spoil it but now I'm wondering what moment it is, but we'll we'll talk about it later. Right, yeah, um, yeah. I just think this is like, like I think The Witch is a better movie. Let me get that out right, right. now. 
I think it's a better movie. I think I like it more. But this movie is so close to me. <laughs> like, this movie. And to know that, the, like, these same movies that feel very similar, they have very similar structures and plots to them, uh, mm -hmm. that they came out, like, nine months apart, and now one is just now coming out <laughs> when The Witch came out last February. It's, uh... It's crazy, because I was like, is a movie, is a horror movie going to make me feel like this again? Like, The Witch seems to be like a, like a one-off, like, there, I've seen so few horror movies that play it like this, where everything is subdued, but man, I cannot say enough how much I love this movie. This is, <laughs> this might be my Hail Caesar this year, Aaron, where I'm like, this movie's going all the way, <laughs> like, it's going <laughs> to the, the final ten, um... I mean, you you feel significantly less. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely less enamored with it than you are because I still have Logan as my number one film of the year. Mm -hmm. Although I've only seen like four films this year, you're seen right. eleven. But but like, what what about it? Were you not totally in on? I mean, I just, I mean, I I really liked it. I just right. think that. Like, if you compare it to The Witch, I just don't think it had as much thematic depth as The Witch did. Because I think The Witch was tackling so many different things. All right, yeah, that's true. That it was, you know, like, such a complex film and dealing with so many complex themes. Whereas this one, it's like, it's it's touching upon certain themes, in fact, certain similar themes. Kind of like that, like, corruption of the innocent and, like, of youth and themes of like the the femininity because we have like the two it's actually pretty much all female characters except for the priest never mind. the priest and like the headmaster or whatever yeah and then the uh the the guy who picks up emma roberts at the right, station right. or whatever but yeah so i mean it's it's dealing with it has some nice thematic depth as well but it just doesn't have nearly as much I think it's very much more of that, like, artistic, this is a very beautiful film, mm -hmm. as opposed to this is a film that's going to, like, linger in my thoughts like The Witch did. I, I, I can understand that. I think that the very end of this movie, which, again, we will not spoil, but it is just as, if not more horrifying than what The Witch was to me. Like... I mean, again, we'll talk about it off offline because, like, this was just, like, it messed me up, man. I'm like, oh, just, it's, yeah, I don't know. Different tastes, different, different takes. But, yeah, um, highly recommend from me. Recommended from you also, I assume, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can find that on iTunes. Uh, you can rent it. You can buy it. Worth a watch. Um, or Google Play because that's what I did. So I had a coupon for get any <laughs> rental for a buck fifty, oh, so I got like five dollars off. Wow, very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, do you want to continue down your list, or I can go? Or well, I mean, there's one thing, another thing we we gotta talk about together, because this was also the week of the series finale. Oh, you watched of okay. one of the best shows of like all time. They nailed it. They nailed the finale, <laughs> man. Indeed, yes. And like, you know, well, what what the the show is review. We yeah, oh I just yeah, to <laughs> never <say that>. even <laughs> mentioned. Yeah, the show is review, and like you know, 
you kind of in the back of your head know nothing's ever going to work out for this guy, right? But also, mm-hmm. you, like, want it to so badly. <laughs> and just, the way they end the show is, like... It's so dark so and dark. so perfect. <laughs> like, it's even darker than what I thought they were going to go with. Because I think there was, like, a fairly... You could be like, oh, well, I guess he's probably going to end up like that. But then... Because yeah. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but... Right. Right. The the ending they go with is just like it's, darker than like anything else I could have imagined. It's darker because it's real, man. <laughs> it's like, oh. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's rough. And then just like the whole him reviewing cryogenic freezing <laughs> was just one of the greatest things. <laughs> he comes out, he's like, oh, wow, everyone's talking, but I find I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's got a lot of upvotes, man. <laughs> just riding the hoverboards, how is that even possible? <laughs> it's just a brilliant show. All yes, around. absolutely brilliant. Sad it's gone, but also they ended it so perfectly. How can you be that mad about it, really? Right, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, based on the premise, you could have gone on, like, indefinitely, mm-hmm. but the the way they handled, like, the, the character development of the show, like, the, the surprising amount of character depth yeah. that they put in the show, they, they should have kept it short, and yeah. they ended it on, like, such a perfect note. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the... When he's like, hand this note to Suzanne or whatever, and then he's like, no, no, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I, I, I didn't actually get cryogenically frozen, it's like, what's it like to be struck by lightning? Hand this note to Suzanne, and he's like, crossing out where it says cryogenically frozen, just... And just like that final statement, uh, I, I don't want to spoil this, but like, when he's giving like, his final review, oh, and he's... yeah, yeah. Oh, God, this show is so dark, but it's so good. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's just anyone who has not seen the show yet, yeah, gotta go watch and then it. the episode before that, too, which I don't think we talked about last week, but... Uh, no, because I didn't watch it until this week. Oh, I had okay. to buy the season pass. Yeah, where he uh, reviewed being Helen Keller or whatever, and he goes to his own... <laughs> he goes to his murder hearing... <laughs> If only I could have spoken up for myself in that moment. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, it's just, it's so impressive, like, how this show, like, the extremes it will be willing to... Aaron's gone, everyone. The, I think what he was going to finish with was the extremes that the show is willing to go to. Um, of course, I, I can't know that for sure. Um, but Aaron is gone. He, he has died. Uh, but no, and we're all, oh, hey, he's back. What's up, Aaron? <laughs> Once again, I could hear you the entire time. I don't know why that happens. That happens a lot. We need to get that fixed. It happens because your internet connection is terrible. Is it mine, Aaron? Is it mine? I think it's yours. Yeah, it's definitely mine. Um, but yeah, I was just talking about, like, the, the extreme depths that the show is willing to go to, and yet, at the same time, like, it's, it's always like the joke is on Forrest, right, you know? Right. It's so they, like they handle it so well, and that makes it all the more funny. Yeah. If you haven't watched Review, guys, it's done. You can watch all three seasons right now. Do it. It's fantastic. One of the best shows of all time. What else Agreed. you got for us, Aaron? All right, so then I watched a couple movies this week beyond that. 
Uh, the big one is I watched uh, the the Discovery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the recent Netflix original film they released. Mm-hmm. So this is when I was looking, I was looking forward to once I like heard about it because right. like the the cast is pretty solid. You got Jason Segel, you got uh, Rooney Mara, mm-hmm. Robert Redford. Uh, that might be it of like the big names. That's all I can remember too. Yeah. And then you got the concept, which is that the existence of an afterlife is scientifically proven and just kind of like the ramifications that has on society, like, because people are like committing like mass suicide in order to go to this afterlife kind of thing. Yeah. So it was, it's a intriguing premise. You got a solid cast. So I was like, I'm definitely going to check this out. And it was definitely a very uh, interesting watch. Like, I feel like it didn't take... I don't think it took full advantage of that interesting premise. Mm-hmm. I think that by the end of the film especially, it kind of went in a much more cliched direction. Well, maybe not cliched, but like something we've seen many times before. A similar kind of style and like kind of kind of you know message that we've seen from similar films but at the same time you know it is very well made well acted i think you know because it's a free movie if you have netflix it's right. you know what i mean like yeah, if, yeah. if you have netflix you can stream it it's no free for eight dollars a month everyone <laughs> get it right Plug, plugging netflix Maybe they'll give it to us for eight, free, then. Eight dollars a month, Netflix. You can get tons of shows. Lost. Uh, we're doing a we're doing an ad read for Netflix. Everyone, I know I just bashed the idea that their movies have like a, a stigma to them, but they really they really like us. Now. Yeah, right. Um, you, you screwed us over, Lacey. Yeah, now we're never now we're I'll never gonna out. get free Netflix. I'll take it out. I, we gotta. We we'll can get some free out. Amazon Prime though. That's what we'll go for. Okay. Yeah, I, I can do that. I can do that. So yeah, anyway, The Discovery, I would say it's still worth a watch. I don't think it's a great film. I don't think it fully exploded its premise, but it was still interesting enough and solidly acted enough to make it worth a watch. All right. Yeah, I'll end up watching this one, especially because this is the thing that happened to me today, Aaron. I'm going through, I'm, I'm trying to find following, because that is our Netflix book movie for Yes. I'm trying to find. Do you following. want to start that sentence over again? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna move past it. I'm trying to find following, and uh, Netflix, it, they have like these what to watch or like coming soon kind of things, and um, in the coming soon section, they had uh, the new Adam Sandler film Sandy Wexler, and uh, I'm at such a point in my life, Aaron, where I went down and added to list. Um, Cause I'm like, I want to beat Aaron this year. Like, I need to see more 2017 movies. Okay, the thing is, though, like, I feel like this will be the first Netflix Adam Sandler film that I actually watch. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I feel like this is the one that I have to watch. Like, this right. is going to be so awful that I just need to watch it. Like, he's doing the Adam Sandler voice the entire time. And this you know is going to be a train wreck. That might be what sold me on it. <laughs> Not like I think it's going to be good, but I'm going to watch it. Like, I don't like... This is the thing. Adam Sandler, he's a big goof. He's a big goof. Everyone knows it. But I, the Adam Sandler movies that I enjoy are Happy Gilmore 
and Billy Madison, ones where he's doing some kind of Adam Sandler voice, and this whole movie he's going to be doing Adam Sandler. I'm like, getting back to his roots. Back to his roots, Aaron. Um, and not that I'm looking forward to this film, but again, I will watch this, and I will watch The Discovery, because 2017 is my year. I will be seeing more movies than Aaron, and uh, this is the way it's going to be. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Okay, and uh, what else you got? What else? Uh, this week, uh, I watched uh, The Wolfman, the original, like, 1940s uh, okay. Wolfman film, just because it was up on TCM, and I was like, I've never seen this before. Yeah. It's, it's something I should probably be watching. And, you, you know, it's still, it. still a solid film, you know, like, fairly interesting. You got some nice uh, makeup effects for the wolf. 1940, so. you said? Yeah, like oh. 1941, I think. 1941, gotcha, gotcha. Because I had actually, I had actually seen the 2010 remake before. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot that existed. <laughs> Most people did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so I was like, I probably should see the original at this point, especially since I, uh, I believe this is one of the ones they're rebooting for their whole. Monsters God, cinematic universe it. kind of thing. They just did it, guys. Seven years ago. Yeah, but now it's going to be connected to that Tom Cruise mummy movie. No. So that that's what the people want. Did I you don't... watch the new trailer for that? No. Because they reused his yeah. terrible scream yeah. from the first trailer. But also... But they put it in a different place. Yeah. But also, Aaron... Are you kind of sold on The Mummy now? No! It looks terrible! I might be a little sold on The Mummy now. Oh my god. It looks so bad. No, I know. I know it looks so bad. But I'm gonna go see it. <laughs> like, it's like, what? what is this movie? It's just Mission Impossible with supernatural stuff, right? Like, that's essentially what the movie is, so. I mean, I guess. I'm gonna go see but... it. And I will see it uh, also, but probably not in theaters, but I will see this. You gotta see it in theaters, man. That's, that's, the, that's the proper mummy experience. That's the way they want you to feel it. <laughs> They're like, what if... No, I'm not going to say that. Anyway. What? No, what? it's just a big tangent. No, I'm just... What, okay. if a, what if a director just came out and is like, now you can't give this movie a bad review. You can't hate this movie unless you've seen it in theaters. Like, that's the correct way to view it, so people who don't like it they're just haters they didn't see it in the correct viewing experience it was a i dumb think tangent. that would kind of you know screw up all rating systems ever then you get like one of those things where you got like all your your like evangelical christian films where it's like critics are like two percent and yeah. audiences are like 93 percent because no one else is seeing these films except for their target audience exactly and See, see why this was a dumb tangent that I didn't want to take? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's All move right. On. Uh, also this week, watched some more films from the AFI Top 100. Right. Watched uh, Double Indemnity. Okay, yeah. Really enjoyed this one. This was another, like, noir film. Like a noir crime film. So, that's my genre, man. My After horror, that that's my genre. I'm, I'm thinking my genre might be slow horror movies and that might be a weird subgenre but i've liked <laughs> everyone i've seen so 
Let's see. I'll have to find one that you won't like, but yeah. that's my goal now. I don't... I don't know that I, like, like have a genre. Eh, eh. Nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm genreing around, you know? I like to look here and there, all around the square, so you can catch me if you can. There must have been some magic in that old top hat they found. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Also watched Sullivan's Travels. Another film from this list. Didn't really care for it that much, I don't though. Know that one. Like, it's a it's a solid film, but it's also one of those films that just like doesn't quite work because it's like supposed to be about like this Hollywood screenwriter who's trying to connect with like the everyday man, so he like disguises himself as like a homeless person and stuff. Like it's it's almost like Barton Fink. It feels like this was a film that was like in the mind of the Cohen brothers when they were writing Barton Fink. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like Barton Fink is almost like a response to this because in 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 that film we see like that Barton doesn't actually care about like the plight of the ordinary man. Like when he's talking to John Goodman's character, he's just right. like so disinterested even though it's what he claims to be. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of like that, but like trying to be serious, like trying to be like really poignant in all this. <laughs> So I was just like, this film's not really working that much. Now, had you watched like, them in the opposite order, would that have been the way you would you have? I still don't think I would have cared for it that much, but I don't. I wouldn't have obviously made that connection, right? And like, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been able to state that that's why I don't think it was working for me, mm-hmm. kind of uh-huh. thing. Because it's also a film that like it ends on like the declaration that like, like the 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 director wanted to make this meaningful drama or whatever to connect to people and then at the end of the film he's like no comedy is what i'm best at comedy is what like unites us all but at the same time the film itself isn't really funny so it's like a really odd message to give if you're not making a comedy yourself to be like (laughs) comedy is the best genre but we didn't make a comedy it's like okay that's (laughs) that's one direction (laughs) yeah all right well, so yeah, I kind of ended up low on my ranking of this list. Can understand that, that was my week. That was your week. Well, my week, just as short, really. Uh, of course, Black Coat's Daughter, uh, following which we'll talk about in the next segment. Uh, those are the movies that I watched. But I also watched. And then we talked about review as well. I've watched nothing else. Oh, I watched the next few episodes of Trial and Error good again i'm like all right i'm excited let's do this i'm also like trying to this is just the thing with like these murder mystery kind of things where like i'm trying to piece it together i'm like is it this person if it's this person i'll be upset because i saw it coming from the beginning but also they're throwing like twists i'm like maybe it's not that person so now i'm like "Eh, who who did it who who done it as it were so i still recommend uh still a pretty fun show um, I mean, I, I still have the the pilot downloaded on my iTunes account, mm. so I'll get around to watching it at some point, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's that, and then I watched um, one episode again of Black Mirror. <laughs> I'm <getting laughs> to the point where, like, these, these episodes are like movies. Like, they're almost movie length. They're as long as following, so <laughs> I kind of, like, take True. them a bit slower. Um, but the next one, of course, is... The one that Aaron's trying to get it, 
<laughs> one that Aaron's been trying to get me to watch for a while now. So, like the reason why I wanted you to watch the entire show, right, right, is because, like, I mean, the show's great in general, but yeah. also I just wanted you to watch that episode, um, not this episode. Right, this episode right now that I watched is "Shut Up and Dance," and it was the first episode in a while to like mess me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I give it points for that. At up until like the the big bam moment in this episode, like. I'm like, this is kind of dumb, right? Like, this, it's the same thing with White Bear, where I'm like, this is kind of dumb. Like, why is this happening? And then I should have put more faith in this show because when that thing happens, I'm like, oh, oh, God. Oh, oh, no. Because I was texting Aaron the whole time. I'm like, this is dumb. This is really dumb. Why is he, like, so worried about this? Why is this just, this doesn't make any sense? And then... And I was watching these texts come in. I was just yeah. like... If only he knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then when it does happen, I feel horrible because I'm like, I hope he didn't think I wrote that after watching the episode. So I'm like, nope, nope. No, I nope. understood because that was the same exact <laughs> thought process I went through watching that episode. It's just like, this isn't that bad. Like, yeah, it's like big, on. big deal. Like, yeah, oh, well, doesn't, man. <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but not like. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just move, move, just move. There you go all better it's like but yeah when that yikes man that, that really messed me up also because it's just the idea of like yeah like these people get it messes with your sympathies for yeah. sure yeah and it's like these people get what they deserve but also this is like vigilante justice in like the worst way possible like it's like uh like yeah they get what they deserve, but this is also still messed up what you did. Like, either way. Especially because the one person who I'm like, did she deserve to have this? Like, yeah, she's a horrible person, but she's not doing anything, like, illegal. The one that, like, sent the racist emails or something. It's like, yeah, you're a horrible person, but you're that's not illegal. <laughs> so, like, mm -hmm. it's just like, man, if that were to ever happen, it's like, that would be a horrible world to live in. Like, it makes you really. But think that about almost it. is our world. Like, this is it one really of their is, yeah. Black Mirror episodes that's very much in the not too distant future kind of. Th I mean, they're all like that, but this is very much like hmm. next year right, kind of thing. Right, there's nothing like super, super high tech in it. But it also, hey man, pretty soon people will be able to buy our our searching history. So this basically is the future now. <laughs> I hate, Let's I hate, not get on that rant. I, I hate everyone, Aaron. <laughs> that's all I've watched. Uh, I mean, we talked about what I've seen, and that's. And we're going to talk about something else next. Yeah. So, Aaron, would you like to lead us in to our Netflix book club movie this week? Indeed. So, do I? Have to, I feel like I always restate the premise of this segment. I don't yeah, know if that's necessary, Go but for it. it's quick. This is the segment where we all <laughs> sit down, we watch a film that's available on Netflix streaming together, and then we just discuss it in depth with spoilers. We do. So this week, we selected Following, mm -hmm. which was the directorial debut of Christopher Nolan. Your eyes um, drift across a crowd of people, and they slowly stop and fix on one person, and all of a sudden that person isn't part of the crowd anymore. They become an individual, just like that. Just became irresistible. One of my favorite directors of all time. Yeah. 
possibly my favorite. Yeah, I was gonna say who's time. who do you like more than Christopher? That's Nolan? that's why I had to clarify because I was like, is there anyone I like more? So this was a film that I had seen before because I've seen his entire filmography. Right. So, um, but I think it's one that's definitely worth watching and discussing because we're all such fans of the director David too, but he's not here. Yeah. And it's very much you know kind of. You can see him developing his style in this film, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you would agree, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie quite a bit. Um, it is, like, it, like you said, it is him developing his style, and I think there are things that I'm like, like, I like this movie, but it's also, like, knowing what Christopher Nolan can do, like, now, it's like, man, just, it's crazy. Like, just imagine saying to Christopher Nolan at that time, you're going to direct Inception in Interstellar, and you're going to make three, the three best Batman films ever made. Like, that's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me that you can go But I mean, I, I do feel like this is a film that, like, you can see so much potential on it. Oh, like, yeah, obviously, sure. he was so limited by a small budget in this. Yeah, and that's, and that's, like, part of what's so inspiring about this movie as well. To where like he did this with six thousand dollars, yep, six thousand dollars, and it's like it's part of the Criterion collection. It, it's one of one of the I don't know great, but it's one of a a highly regarded set of films in his filmography. Like it's just inspiring that you can go from this to then doing huge movies that everyone admires what you do in your work and it's just like that's mm-hmm. crazy man it's very much a, a very clear statement that it's not really the money you put into a film but the talent you have yeah. involved like the care you put in the the talent the natural talent you have and all that that really counts that's really going to make the film work yeah yeah and so I, I agree, it's quite inspiring that way, especially for someone who wants to get into that business, you know, to be like, hey, he made this with $6,000, which, although that's like more money than I've ever had in my entire life, it <laughs> seems like a no, very no. feasible amount. That's more money than you've ever had in your entire life combined? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so broke. Um, Please send cash. Pl- no, to- no, no. no. No, we don't have a Patreon. Don't send cash anywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, I just and and this it, it's hard to talk about a movie like this without bringing up his later films and what he he's become as a director. But just oh, go for it. It's it's seeing how he wrote this correct. Or he wrote this correct. Yes. He wrote this as well, correct? Can I not speak today? <laughs> no, you can't. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, it's not too off from what I'm normally like, but uh, but seeing this, uh, the way he wrote this story, it's it's three three segments like interweaving and eventually coming together to form one coherent story. And then you look at, like, Memento, which I haven't seen, but, like, I know the the film and how he evolved from this to that. 
And then I have not seen the one after that. What is the one after? The Persomento? Uh, Insomnia? Insomnia. Yeah, I haven't seen that. So I don't know how he goes from that to then Batman. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, um, I don't know. But, I mean, you definitely see, like, him developing certain, like, traits that will carry over into his later films. Like, you have, like, that... Uh, story that's not in chronological order Mm -hmm. which is again obviously seen in memento and then to a certain extent it's seen in like batman begins and inception and interstellar all have like traces of that i think it'll be and then you have like the the twist ending yeah and i thought that was a good twist as well i'm like this worked um it's not like like super unbelievable it's like yeah okay this character is kind of... I mean, we're not... We can spoil things. I forgot the whole conceit of this. Yes. Um, Cobb, it's like, yeah, this dude was shady from the start. And, like, same thing with that Black Mirror episode. Does this guy get what he deserves? Kinda. But, like, also <laughs> in a horrible way. <laughs> like, because then he's, like, framed for murder. And, like, uh, yeah. Well, did he kill her, though? Yes. But he didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yes. Now, can you but yeah, it's another film that kind of messes yeah. with your sympathies a little. Yeah. And, like, also just a creep. <laughs> like, just a creep. Um, I mean, he is just, like, following people, you know? Yeah. So. And, like, now don't get me wrong. It's okay to... <laughs> what? <laughs> I was going to defend him, but I'm like, that's probably wrong. I, I like I wasn't like legitimately going to defend him. It was going to be like a devil's devil's advocate type of thing. Like I'm trying to be all day today, um, apparently. But not going to defend him following people. Not a good thing to do. Very bad. Um, yeah, I think more than anything, like the film was like fine, but just the technical mar not like a marvel, but like how this film was made like, shot on one camera, like, handheld, like, it is mm-hmm. crazy, it's just always weird, I'm, I'm not saying much about this movie, I feel dumb, but, um, it's just, like, that's what I noticed the most watching this, it, it wasn't so much the story or, or the music, which was, I mean, it's 1998 and a limited budget, what can you do for music, really, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just just the way but, it was shot, the way it was edited together, the way it told its story in such a limited means was just fantastic. But I mean, that's very much like what I hoped and and felt that you guys would take away from this film is it's not so much it's definitely not one of Nolan's best films. No. no. It's it's a good film, certainly. It's not but it's not one of his best, but I think it's just so interesting, especially to me, because I'm so fascinated by his entire career. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting watching that early step, that yeah. that low, the way he worked within the confines of his low budget, yeah. and yet made a film that's so much better than so many like overproduced Hollywood big budget blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Uh, it really is a Cinderella story. <laughs> um yeah i mean i don't have too much else to say about this that's just like i said that's about all i noticed in it and that i couldn't stop noticing how how well done also 
Batman sticker on his door. I'm like, oh, if only you knew, Christopher <laughs> Nolan. If only you knew. Maybe he did know. Maybe he maybe did. he's not experiencing life in a chronological order. It's like uh, it's like in in I Am Legend when there's the Batman v Superman uh, billboard. Yeah, it's exactly like that. They knew, or they knew. Also, this is way better than I Am Legend because I Am Legend sucks. But but yeah, we don't have to <laughs> discuss any more than that. I just you I, know. All right. now here's the thing, Aaron. Mm-hmm. We messed up again. We do this every week. We didn't pick what next week's movie is. I was going to suggest they just added this to Netflix, and it's a classic that I've been needing to watch. Uh, do you, How do you feel about Escape from New York? I'm interested. All right. Escape from New York it is. Is that the first? That is the first one, correct? Because then they made Escape from yes. L.A. Okay, yeah. Yes, Escape from L.A. is the second one. I've heard, like, they're the exact same movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> Except one's good and one's bad. Oh, yeah. Reportedly, I haven't seen either. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't mean to watch it, because, you know, John Carpenter, another one of my favorite directors whoa, of all time. Oh, really? John Carpenter, I did not know that. All right. Oh, I mean, you got The Thing and Halloween, and They Live. I'm a huge fan of They Live. Mm-hmm. So, that's three of my favorite films of all time, pretty much. Right there. I've seen Halloween on that list. But the thing and they live are on the oh, yeah, gateway to cinema list. The list. Yeah, so <laughs> guys, next week we'll be watching Escape from New York. Uh, so watch it with us. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah. Guys, let's move on. Guys. Guy. Aaron, you know, I feel bad. If this is someone's first episode of this show, like, just how horrible I am today. Uh, but, Aaron, let's move on to the bad movie of the week. Oh, my God! I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, give me my ball. Carpet day! Huh? No! This was David's week. He, he would have had a bad movie for us, but again, he is sick. He's under the weather. Aaron, you have taken mm-hmm. up the reins. What do you have for us this week? Well, this is a film that I've been saving as a film that we definitely needed to talk about on this okay. segment. This, this, is, uh, this is a great film, let me tell you. This is one of those films, as opposed to ranting about how terrible a film is. This is one of those films that I, like, I have to recommend to people. Oh, okay. Like how... Because of how amazing it is. And you're going to want to see this based on the title alone. You ready for this? Okay. The bad movie of the week is Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. <laughs> that is <laughs> the actual name. <laughs> Of a real movie that someone made. <laughs> it is about a bed that eats people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean... that That is this film. That's how I feel Monday mornings, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, deathbed, the bed that eats. We got the bed that eats. Now here's the thing. They they had they had to clarify that, of course. You know, Aaron. Said the deathbed. I feel like if they had to clarify it in their title, every time we say deathbed, we also have to include at the end the bed that eats. You know, we got to be clarifying. Of, of course, for of course. 
So tell me about Deathbed, the bed that eats. Well, let me tell you a little something oh, about please. Deathbed, the bed, bed that eats. <laughs> it is a bed that eats people. Oh, man. So it's a... I'm not sure where to start with this film because so, there is so much going on maybe, in this film. Maybe you can help me understand. Seems like an easy threat to beat. I mean, deathbed, the bed that eats. Um, like, it just seems like it would be easy the, to escape. Just don't lay down. You would be surprised by how hard it is for people to resist going. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so weird. Like, I guess, like, the bed. We're, we're not going to get to the origins of the bed quite yet. But, like, at the start of the film, it's, like, in this house. It's just, like, sitting in this house. And, oh, I guess, you know, someone comes and lays down on it. And then, but, like, eventually you get to this point where it's there's not even a house there anymore. Oh, it's, God. like, in a bunker underground with, like, a tiny little shack that, like, leads to it. Like, there's no reason why anyone would ever head out to where this bed is. It's just, like, in the middle of this field, there's this tiny, like, stone shack that leads underground, and then there's a bed there. But all these people keep on coming by and be like, oh, I was tired, and because there's this convenient bed here now. Wait, is this... Oh, this is a 1977 movie. Yes, Apparently... but it was never, like, released until, like, recently. There's a 2002 version as well. And now, Aaron, you'd be happy to know that there's a deathbed redemption coming in 2018. <laughs> I am happy to know that. Oh, never mind. What? Not, not, not related? About, not about the deathbed. <laughs> Not about deathbed, the bed that eats. No, it's a different deathbed. It's uh, everyone's greatest fear is dying alone. A father must face the facts about his broken past. While it's just a father who's dying, and he goes to reconcile with his kids. So like an actual, like he's on his. But deathbed. does his bed eat people? No, no, no. But now the two thousand two. The two thousand two version, is, is deathbed the bed that eats. Anyway. I think that's when it was released finally, though. Like, it was made in the 70s, and then, like, no one picked it up because it's, uh, I'm not sure how they ever got funding for this. <laughs> like, who finances some of these films, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to wonder, like, like Christopher Nolan's struggling to scrape together yeah. 6,000 bucks, but then you've got, like, the death bed, the bed that eats, is coming in and just be like, yep. Yeah. We got we got our nice bed here. We got a fancy, fancy camera. Deathbed with a thirty thousand dollar budget. <laughs> so like not too much, but like still. Five, five times yeah. what the following was. <laughs> so it's just a ridiculous movie where like the people just keep on lying down in this bed in the middle of nowhere, and then like this foam will come up and they'll like suck them down into it and eat them and and you're like is this supposed to be a comedy or is this because it's taking it like far too seriously <laughs> like there's this weird like convoluted backstory where there's like this guy who's trapped behind a painting in the room where the bed is and he like comments on the entire movie he's just like if only i could talk to the people from behind this painting and warn them of the deathbed. But alas, 
I am trapped behind this painting, cursed by the deathbed. The bed that Why eats. do you hunger so much, deathbed? Why will eats. you never be satisfied? <laughs> he just like, has this weird, like, internal like monologue going the entire time. <laughs> And they don't even, like, explain why he's behind the painting until, like, halfway through this film. And then all of a sudden, they're just like, I was a painter in my life, and then I got sick, and I laid down on the deathbed. But then the bed saved me and placed me behind this painting. I guess because he wanted company? He's, like, he's not sure why he's there. Like, even even the movie is unsure of why (laughs) he's there. They never give us a reason. It's like, oh god, this was a really good idea, but I just ah. we're in the we're in the writers' room, and it's like, guys, I want this guy to be behind the painting, but how do we get him there? Yeah, just say the deathbed put him there, but doesn't the deathbed the bed that eats eat people? Yeah, well, yeah, he wanted company. Okay, but can he talk? No, 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 he can't talk. Well, so uh, um. Deathbed. <laughs> the bed that eats. Yeah. The bed that eats. And then we get like an origin for mm-hmm. the deathbed. Oh, goodness. And it's like this ridiculous thing where it's like there's like this de- the, the bed's in the middle of the woods and like this demon like seduces this woman and they like start having sex but then like his eyes like start bleeding and they like bleed onto the bed and make it come alive. Oh, goodness. <laughs> demon blood. Oh, 100% guaranteed to bring your inanimate objects to life. That's I read that in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> um, and then, like, so, like, these people come to the house. The bed eats a couple of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is one woman that he, like, can't eat because, like, he rem- it reminds him... I I'm, I'm guess I'm gendering the bed. The, <laughs> yeah. That he a, is the you bed. don't know. Deathbed, I don't know. I don't know how deathbed works. Deathbed is a strong, independent bed, and she can do whatever she wants. All right. You assume you assume that just because she kills people, she's a man. How dare you, Aaron? <laughs> how dare you? Yeah, you know, there's not enough female Beds. horror movie villains. You know, that's a good point. There we are. need we need we need a deathbed that eats people. Yeah, that's one. No, that is true. Bed that eats. And that so then like the there's this weird nonsensical like mythology around this where like the demon has to like fall asleep and then the guy behind the painting can communicate from behind his painting all of a sudden and like so that happens and then he's just like here's a ritual to destroy the bed and the ritual is that like the one woman has to die. And then she's resurrected as the original woman that had sex with the demon. And then the woman has sex with the demon again on the deathbed. And then the deathbed is destroyed and it bursts into flames and is killed. Yep, that's that's a movie. Aaron, is this an English film? This is an English film. The, the audio doesn't quite line up all the so time. Now, I'm even it's more one of those films, like, but... Maybe this is just like a like a, a folk tale that we don't understand from some other part of the world. Maybe this is I was like maybe this is a French folk tale or like a Japanese folk tale or something. But no, this is this was made in English. 
I feel like if this was a folk tale, we would have heard of it. Although I don't know how many folk tales that you're telling to children include demons, you know, having sex with girls on beds. But <laughs> it's in the Bible somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, one of one of those books. Yeah, you know. Revelations. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Revelations does make sense. <laughs> probably. Beast Pro- in the heart. Yeah, probably right? in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So. uh... Deathbed, the bed that eats. I am so interested in this film. <laughs> like just that title alone, like it just yeah, like yeah. the fact that you had to clarify that for yeah. us. They're like, oh, that'd be a really nice thing. We just call it deathbed because it's it, you know people are dying on this bed. Mm-hmm. But then they like they weren't confident enough in their film. Yeah. They'd be like, wait, no, we need to make sure people know that this is a bed. That eats people. Because they were like, how do we prove to people that this isn't a film about a dad who's, who's dying and needs to, like, rekindle his relationship with his children? Like, they're like, we need to make sure that we, it's not, like, an, a literal, it's not a figurative deathbed, it's a literal deathbed. <laughs> so, you know, good, good, you know, I'm not good at naming things, but I'm going to say two thumbs up on that name. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. Oh so, best best name I've best ever name. seen in a film. I and the only one that could probably pass it, Boss Baby. It's a pretty solid name. Tells you everything you need to know right there. Aaron. Let's move on to the fault in your stars. Oh, okay. I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. That's fine. I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. This is, of course, the segment where one of us finds a review on Flickster, Rotten Tomatoes, you know, all that. And then uh, we take out all the spoiler bits, we read the review, and then the other person, or other two people usually, try and guess what that review is for. Aaron, (laughs) I broke the rules a little bit this week. I'm sorry. There's no star rating for this one. This person Mm. wrote a review before the film was out and put it as not interested. So, has not seen this movie. But here we go. Tina says, I am disgusted. This film is highly racist, highly sexist, and offensive on every single level. This film clearly should not exist. I should not be seen in the eyes of viewers. I think that meant it, but... Unless you are there to strictly become an bleep. Don't know what she was going for there, but... I'm also shocked at the fact that you showed this trailer in front of a harmless children's film. Now, you probably already know what it is. And all you can think about is how funny it is. Sick. What if a child comes up to you and starts swearing their... Don't know what they're trying to say there. Because of this, would you laugh? I sure as hell wouldn't. On top of that, what story is there to tell? Nothing. It's bland and forgettable. What about the characters? Racist, sexed, perverted, inappropriate. I feel like this movie will not... I feel like this poopy... <laughs> I can't speak. I feel like this movie will rot people's brains and make them wish they never ate food in the first place. Good luck starving to death, you beep. <laughs> is this, uh... Sausage party? It is. It is. Actually, it's Deathbed the Bed that eats. No. It is Sausage what? Party. I said, actually, it's Deathbed the Bed that eats. <laughs> no. It is uh, 
sausage party. It the is, sausages. It that is party. Sausage party. Yeah. <laughs> the sausages. <laughs> so like, kind of presumptuous. <laughs> like right. Like there's no. Well, story I mean, to, to be here. fair, the movie is a bit racist. Just, just gonna point that out. Okay, but the part where it's just like, oh, it. What story is there to tell? Nothing. It's bland and forgettable. You haven't even seen the movie, you idiot! Like, like if you're going, to... it, it scarred my children for life. But it's also pretty yeah, forgettable. It's also forgettable. <laughs> like if you're going to call out the movie, call it out. Like if if you're upset about it being profane, then call it out for being profane. Don't try and like take shots at a movie you haven't seen about its story. Like what? <laughs> and like no, actually, the story is pretty interesting and one we haven't seen in film often. So you know what, Tina? I hope your kids are scarred. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't really mean that. I'm sorry, Tina. Uh, guys, this <laughs> Aaron just, Aaron's eyes, internet, if you can see this, Aaron's eyes is just said, I hope your children are scarred for life. Shot as wide as I've ever seen them. <laughs> I think Aaron might be scarred for life now. I, I would, yeah. Yeah, this, this is bit. a weird episode. It feels weird without David here. David completes the dynamic, and it's just plus like, you're kind of like losing your mind this episode. <laughs> I don't know quite why. <laughs> I've been losing my mind the past few episodes. I don't know. I've just been slap happy, um, but it's <laughs> it might be because of Deathbed Man, the bed that eats. Um, is that the new Bye Bye Man? Don't 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 blame this all on Deathbed. Don't blame this okay? on Deathbed. They've been all, through enough. All Deathbed wants is to see. The demon and woman have sex again. That's all he wants. He's just trying. But that's that's what destroyed the deathbed. Oh shoot! Bed. He doesn't want that. All he wants is to like never see sex again. That's just the deathbed's wish. Why are you hating on deathbed so much? They just want to eat people. They just obviously. To eat, and he wants to have a best friend that's painting. And also, they eat like fried chicken and apples and stuff too. What? Yeah. Weird. It doesn't just eat people. It's the bed that eats. You know, so it eats it eats See, fried that, chicken and, and apples and, and it drinks worse. some wine and Oh my god. Alright, well Drunk Deathbed. <laughs> That's the sequel. Um, oh I didn't even talk about the skeleton hands. Alright, tell us about the skeleton hands. <laughs> so there's this one part where the guy's getting like eaten by the bed yeah. and then like it's eating his hands off mm-hmm. and then he like is managed the woman like pulls him out. And then he's just like has these plastic skeleton arms oh, up his no. sleeves, and he's staring at them, and he's just like not in pain. He's just like casually glancing at his skeleton arms, <laughs> and then like his hands start like falling apart, <laughs> and he's just like, "I need you to break off my hands. I can't. I can't watch them fall apart. Just, just oh. break off my skeleton hands." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh my god, I need to see Can't this movie. Can't believe I forgot about that. One of the best parts of the movie. I need to see this movie. Guys, let's move on to the Faulkner stars. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this has been Reboot Already Underway, episode 46. If you want to find us around the internet, you can find me at... Yeah, if you, you, whatever. I usually go in the other order. But you can find me at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. Jake Lace on Tumblr. And you can find Aaron at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. This clever blog name is already taken on Tumblr. 
Now, I say that so quickly all the time. It's this clever blog game has already taken space on Tumblr.com. It's not this clever blog game has already taken on Tumblr.com at Tumblr.com. I could have gone for that name, though. You that would have made it, it even been, more lengthy even, and hard to even, type in. Even clunkier than it is now. And he says I'm horrible <laughs> at naming things. <laughs> and uh, if you want to find David around the internet, of course, he wasn't here today, but show him some love on the Twitter uh, of course, that's dbex15 on Twitter. Two S's, dbex15. If you want to find the podcast, we're in the... I can't speak today. This is really bad. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've been cutting off on Pop Aaron. Haven't had soda for a few days. I'm, uh, Withdrawal? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing soda anymore. But uh, that might Good be move. it. That might be it. Um, you should, what you should do, if you're looking for a new diet... Yeah. Maybe you should try being a bed that eats people. <laughs> Maybe I should try wine and, uh, what was the other one you said? He eats chicken. <laughs> he eats apple things. and fried chicken yeah. and people. Um, that's and that's people. a solid well, diet right there. The bed lived for thousands of years yeah. off of that diet. So That's true. He... Or hundreds. I don't know. They never clarify how old this bed is. <laughs> we keep talking about this bed. Um, but, uh... Yeah, if you want to find the podcast on the internet, you can find us on Twitter at RebootArtyUn. Um, we've been posting stuff. We've been posting episodes there. We post quotes there. We post all sorts of stuff there. Um, and, of course, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Of course, we also have our spinoff uh, series now called Gateway to Cinema. That's a series that Aaron hosts. Uh, we're going through a list of 100 films Aaron made for me to watch. So uh, we do that every week now. Come, come check it out. It's a good time. We got some new theme music. It's all, it's all good. Indeed. And, uh, yeah. So, guys, join us next week as we talk about Escape from New York or to New York? Escape from New York. Escape from New and York. And also, The Bye Bye Man. Oh, I thought Deathbed was going to be Colin, The Bye Bye Man. The man who says bye bye. Oh, that's, what, that's what we're going to call it now. <laughs> we have to. We have to. Um,. Quick thing before we end the podcast. When Bye Bye Man comes out, are we watching it that week? Are we renting it? It comes out like it? next week. Are we doing this? Not even joking. Are we doing <laughs> this? We might have to dedicate an entire podcast to it. We might. It's just become such a... Guys, we'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Good.